0: You know, it's a really hard thing to figure out when the world went completely upside down. You know, it's like when something you think is solid and then it turns into a liquid and it flows out between your fingers. Or I've heard that during an earthquake, the ground you stand on sometimes feels like it turns into jello. That's what's been done to us in this society. Everything has been turned upside down. If you're a person that, pays attention to what God says in the Bible, he even has a verse for this. I think it was Isaiah said it. And it has to do with when the evil people in a society take over. The prophet said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see upside down clown world is not anything new and it certainly hasn't fooled the creator for a second he knows he watches us he's seen what we've done in the past oh yeah and by the way when the prophets say to those people whose society like that comes upon them when he says woe unto them that's a bad thing and the woe is upon us now so pay attention if this, you know, makes you feel a little bit panicky, chances are it's because you're a little bit lost. I've been lost a few times, lost out in the bush. You know, you you don't know where you are, and the weather kind of goes bad, and the light is starting to fail, and a you know, panic wells up inside you. It makes your mind race with all kinds of nonsense. The best thing to do if you find yourself in that situation where you feel lost is to stay dry and warm and sit down for a minute. Don't start running around in panic. If you have some dry matches, you can start a fire. It'll keep you warm. It'll throw some light and it'll probably calm you down. And a side benefit is it'll throw some light into the darkness and other people might be able to find you. The few times that I got lost, I always had a compass and no matter how dense the bush or bad the weather, I knew I could take that compass out and I could look at it and it would always point north, always in the same direction. Help me get my bearings. Now, just like knowing where north is doesn't help you unless you have some context and you have an idea of the lay of the land. Where have you heard that before? So knowing God's direction requires some context. This is going to take some explaining. So it's a good thing that my matches were dry and I've lit this fire. I love how the shadows are pushed back and it's light and warmth cheers the soul. It's good that you're here and that you found your way to the fire of the enemy patrol. Have found the frequency of the enemy patrol podcast. We stand by for new directions. Over. Welcome to another session around the fire of the enemy patrol, a place where folks who can't believe what is happening to them find themselves. I think I said that right. The fire of the enemy patrol, a place where folks who can't believe this is happening find themselves. Yeah, Uh, I like that. It's uh, it's interesting how much you can play that ending find themselves at the fire, and also, in the end, hopefully find yourself. Anyway, um, I suppose I should introduce myself. I am the Anomic Ranger. Um, I bill myself as a reality scout. I give you information. You can take that information and the way I break it down, and you can use it in your life. And I think of your life as an adventure and your life is also a campaign in which you're the general, you're the one that takes control. You're the one that has to decide, do I go right or do I go left? Do I go over the hill or go, go, I down, go down into the valley? It's you that has to decide that. It's you that has to make the decisions. But I like to think that I can be your scout, your humble scout, your humble reality scout. And I give you, like I talked about in my intro, the lay of the land. I'm not your compass, and I am not your master. I just give you this information, and you can use these reports that I give you or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you want to know more, you can subscribe so that you don't miss a report from the enemy patrol. You can also take a look at my website, anomicranger.com. That's anomicranger.com. If you want to know more and you want to contact me through email, you can do so on the contact portion of my website, which is anomicranger.com, or you can send me a direct email to enemypatrolhq at yahoo.com if you don't want to put the time into going onto my website and subscribing or whatever. That's enemypatrolhq at yahoo.com. If you like what I write there or what I podcast, you can, well, give me a good rating wherever you listen to these podcasts. You can subscribe or comment, but most importantly, share with a friend, share with somebody, maybe somebody else you think is, that I've enlightened you and given you a good lay of the land and you want to give somebody else a lay of the land, share my website, Uh, share this podcast. Anyway, I should tell you how I break these down. I break these down very simply, and this is season two. So I broke it down as to how did we get here? Where are we going? And what am I supposed to do about it? The last one's always the toughest, because it's easy to sit back and listen and be, you know, dispassionate. And and, I mean, we all do that. We all you know, peruse the news, so to speak, and everybody has their flavor, everybody has their silo, everybody has their echo chamber as to how we got here, where we're going. But what you're supposed to do about it, that one is more difficult, and that one is going to take a little more thought on your part. Anyway, that's why, we, that's why I break it down that way. And I guess this, uh, this point, uh, I've labeled this uh, podcast... is the title is How Satan Taught the Flower Children to Hate Nonconformity and Love the Balm. And it's season two, episode seven. And the reason I did that is because I suddenly had the epiphany that there is a strange thing that's happened in the world. The last 10 years or so, there was a mass disappearance of people. They just disappeared. Gone. I remember them. They disappeared without a trace. You can't hear their voices anymore. I'm talking about the hippies. Where did they go? I mean, they believed in peace. They didn't like war. They were very anti-war. Oh, during the Vietnam War, war was the worst thing. You know, make love, not war. They didn't trust big corporations. Big corporations were the enemy. The bigger the corporation, the more it was an enemy. And they were very wary of big government. Oh, big government. They're always on to something. They're always doing something. They, They were always digging around, looking for dirt on the big corporations and the big government. They were for the people, they were for freedom and they just disappeared, gone. They loved anything alternative. They made up the bulk of the back to the land movement, you know, going on to finding a piece of land and growing their own vegetables and, and staying away from society, which was going bad because of big government and big corporations. Um, they were drawn toward health food and healthy choices, and they prided themselves in marching to the beat of a different drummer. They were fearless protesters against war, against big corporations and against big government. Where did these people go? What happened to them? I mean they were always leftists. they always tended more towards socialism and leftism and 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 and, and basically a um what would you say, uh, uh, the people getting together and fighting all these. I don't know what to call it anymore. They changed the name, they've been liberals and they've been socialists and they've been communists and they've had all kinds of names for themselves and they keep changing them. I guess you could put them under the heading of collectivists. If the people just get together, the people have the power. Power to the people, that was always the big thing. Now the left seems to love big government and big corporations i mean corporations like disney and apple and and uh, uh google and and well up until recently twitter although i'm still not sure about that one that one might be just a big smoke screen but anyway the left just loves all those giant corporations and the left engages in violence. And they fight against free speech, which is amazing, because back when they were going against the Vietnam War, I mean, it was free speech, free speech, that's all they talked about was free speech. Hmm, it's funny. But now the left pins on Ukrainian flags and yells about stopping Putin, and even to the point of nuclear war. So how the heck did we get here? thing I can think is that it comes down to power, who has the power they say power corrupts, and total power corrupts totally. When the boomers were young, the man was untrustworthy, that's what they called the system was the man, and he was nefarious, and they were always talking about putting it on the man and staying away from the man. But once that generation came to power and they became the man, they became the system, then suddenly everything changed. Every fevered leftist dream suddenly became possible in their mind, and it doesn't seem like they mind stepping on other people. The hippies had a certain criminal list that went way beyond the man. Their criminal list had capitalism and wars and religion and big corporations and polluters and racists and traditionalists, the patriarchy and basically anyone over 30 is what they believed they were the underdogs and they were always fighting against the corruption of the big system the big man that one changed over the years i think as soon as probably they hit 30 or probably 28 they started thinking about that one and scratching their heads a little bit but they were determined to change everything in the world in order to make it better that was the big thing the boomers decided that the world needed to be reimagined away from the ones who had built it over generations and into to make a better world. If you want a little bit more of my very imperfect analysis of generational change, you can go listen to season one, episode five. And I know that talking about the gener- different generations, the uh, the like the boomers or the generation X or generation Y or Generation I or all the different names they have for it It is a very imperfect way to analyze things on a individual level. It doesn't work very well, but it works not bad for looking at the different changes in a society. And all I can say is as far as the boomers are concerned, the hippie generation, if you want to call them that is that that all that peacenik inertia that they had, the, the, the rallying against the Vietnam war uh, it stayed with them for a long time. I remember the 80s. Uh, anybody that doesn't know, I lived through the 80s. I'm not a young person by any stretch of the imagination. I'm actually getting to where people look at me and say, oh, he's old, especially anyone under 40. Anyway, um, I remember the 80s, and these all these the hippies were getting old. I mean, they they are older than me, and as they age, they turned out in force whenever Reagan said anything about the Russians. I remember that. I remember seeing the, the newspaper headlines, oh, he's provoking war and and he's a warmonger and it's a culture of brutality. And and, and I remember one headline, he's the masculine agent of destruction. I, I had to think about that one. I was about high school age when I seen that one. I it's like, well, why'd they put the word masculine in there? And now I understand it a lot better. This, this stuff that they were going to put out to everybody was already getting started. But anyway, those types of headlines, they prevailed. And all the anti-war propaganda was shoved on to the young children, which would be the millennial generation. And there was almost a religious devotion to democratic protests, they called them. And they marched with their anti-war signs and their papier-mâché cruise missiles. And they indoctrinated into that generation a belief in the current thing. So whatever the media stuck out as the current thing, that's what everybody was against. They were training the population. And one generation was training the next generation. Really brainwashing them, if you want to call it that. And it, you know, everything from saving the dolphins by boycotting eating tuna to spitting on people that wore fur coats, um, even think, little things like making sure that everyone got trophies or forcing girls into all the boys clubs. It was the current thing. And that's, that's what you had to do. So every Boy Scout troop, suddenly there was the, these angry parents there saying that their little girl needed to be in the Boy Scouts an early onset of this whole transgender thing. You can almost see the, the, the seed blooming and the roots going in of this weirdness. It ruled the day. It formed an entire generation into this mold of destruction. And if I can impart anything onto you by this podcast, I want you to see the early roots and where they came from. And then think about the fact that these people quote-unquote disappeared suddenly. It makes you wonder what the the impetus was at the time. Now you're thinking, well, what's he talking about? Some conspiracy theory where a bunch of people sat around in a smoke-filled back room and made all these plans... And they said, oh, we're going to make sure we get girls into the Boy Scouts because that'll ruin. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that kind of a conspiracy. Maybe there was some backroom meetings. I wouldn't doubt, but there were a few. This is spiritual. And anybody that's been listening to my podcast in season two know I'm going more in this direction because it's the only thing that's making sense is a spiritual attack. It is changing our culture spiritually. Spiritually. Not just the day-to-day nuts and bolts of how we deal with one another. And it's playing out on so many levels. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. I mean, I I criticize the system or the leftists. And maybe there was some backroom deals and backroom concepts that were pushed through, I don't know, academia or something. I know there were a few. and They talk about the, the march through the institutions and to intellectually change the entire culture through the things that they did. So there were some meanings about that, but you even look at the church. Now I was a part of the church all throughout my formative years and even into my adulthood. And the church was an idiot cousin in all this. They went along with it. You know, the the church has held the chalice of the gospel, the good news, that Jesus is there for us to be saved from a sinful world. They've held that, but they've set it aside and they followed this whole world of these new ideas of its, you know, feminist and fad psychology and and worship of entertainment. The church's elite. They mouthed all these intellectual depravities and and they they wrote books and preached sermons and they spread so many of these evil devilish lies under the guise of psychology that was popular at the time. Whatever was popular, they just went along with it. They, they did not stand as the bulwark, as the light and salt that they were meant to be. I mean, there was always a few hollering, stop, stop this, not just in the church, but in the world itself. There were people that tried to stop it. They say, no, we, we can't go this way this isn't right. But the big thing that I think kept all this going was the media. Now I know there's a lot of talk today about the media and the media is a shadow of its former self. We'll get into that in a minute, but they were the juggernaut of the day. I mean, television magazines, newspapers, and books that, that in, that was the intellectual framework that formed society. If you read it in the newspaper or you saw it on the evening news, well, that just the, was the way it was. That that's that's obviously what our society and and there's a lot of smart people in our society, so this must be the way it's going. That was the intellectual framework, and then there was the movies and the music videos and the novels. They they provided the emotion, and it was really unstoppable. And you can look back now; you can get is is you can wrap your head in tinfoil and get down deep as you want and see how maybe the media was controlled and it was, there was a lot of stuff going on that was forming all this. And there was some backroom meetings and there was some decisions made and there was mergers and the media was being transformed and controlled by fewer and fewer people. But at the time it was completely unstoppable There was no other bullhorn. There was no other voice coming through. And then along came the internet. And, you know, the whole game changed after that. Information could flow back and forth. And, you know, a a lot of people thought that, oh, the internet, suddenly every human being will have at their fingertips the, the, the intellect of the entire society. This is going to change everything. And it did. Except it seemed like the majority of the internet was used for porn and cat videos but there was some other stuff that came out of the internet that was maybe more important and it it has it has completely destroyed the foundation of this juggernaut media that was being merged and controlled by fewer and fewer people and that was Things like, uh, well, like this podcast, for instance. I have this tiny little voice. I'm not in a radio station. I just put this out and whoever listens to it listens to it. And I hope a few people out there can learn from this and the words that I say. But I'm small. I'm a tiny, tiny. I'm not even a fish in the sea. Maybe a plankton. Anyway, but suddenly long-form podcasts, these important ones are listened to by millions and millions of people. And they can suddenly compete with the stupid and evil and vapid sound bites of of a controlled news system. You know, short, little hard-hitting truth-filled videos can compete with high-budget movies and crammed with all this politically correct nonsense. They spend millions of dollars to make a movie and nobody goes. Why? Because it's full of trash. It's full of propaganda. You know, that late-night news host or late night show or whatever. And they spend, they have a million dollar special effects uh, to introduce all the flowing words and fancy flashing things. And, and it falls short against some citizen journalist with a real scoop. They actually find something that, and it goes viral and that's it. The news media looks like an idiot. Or how about even just a really good meme that gets viral and it has a punch of truth in it and makes the way our society is being formed, makes it look stupid. Even that has power. But besides the hippies, there are others that are missing. I find it very interesting because it's like... The, the, this juggernaut of, of what they want society to believe is what around them all, even though they were very much there when all this was being formed. Like I talked earlier about, about uh, uh, forcing little girls into the Boy Scouts. What about the feminists? I mean, they fought so hard. And that's what it was about, forcing little girls into the Boy Scouts. It was about feminism. It was about the power of the feminine. Now look at where they are. I mean, the entire idea of women's sports, which was fought for so hard. You know, it's not very long ago, I remember seeing a picture of a, of a woman uh, running the Boston Marathon and they were trying to pull her out. Oh, and the feminists all clapped. Oh, this is oh so great. Like she's such a strong and powerful woman and look at her go and blah, 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 blah. Now the entire idea of women's sports is being erased and who's in there who's doing it well it's men deciding that they're women and suddenly they can go in there and trash all the the ideas about what women can do in sports there's very few voices against this where are the feminists i mean there's a few that are fighting and saying hey wait this isn't what we wanted but they're quickly shouted down and called bigots and transgender or transphobic so what happened Who decided this? Does it not now appear that feminism was maybe just a tool? What about the homosexuals? They fought against the society the way it was. And maybe I don't blame them. Same with the feminists. Maybe there was some areas that shouldn't step over this line. Maybe the government shouldn't decide who can be with who. I don't know. This is a hard thing to understand. But now within that rainbow flag is a push towards sexualizing children. Are all the homosexuals that fought so hard just to be able to walk down the street? Where are they? Why aren't they as much against this new movement as they were against the old traditional, what they call bigoted world? Are you okay with this? You know, I take a kick at this dog every time I walk by, and even saying that is politically incorrect, but I take a swing at this whenever I go by. I remember the old guys, old, old men that talked to me when I was a young man, and that's when all this, you know, homosexual stuff was really big in the news, and they were fighting to be accepted and fighting to to be in society without being put upon. And the old guys said, you let them out of the closet. And next thing you know, they'll be in the streets dancing around, shoving it in your face, and they'll be teaching their depravity to the, in the schools in no time. And I remember thinking, oh, you guys, you old guys, you're kind of bigoted and you're old-fashioned and you're out of touch. But you know what? The old guys were right. So what's up with that? Were they just bigots? Were they just haters? Or was there something that was that was just had come down from all other societies that had fallen apart? And it just almost genetic. It was just like, oh no, don't that's don't go there. Don't do that. Is it a gods of the copybook headings thing? I don't know. But when you look at the depravity that they want to put into the schools and they want to like put this stuff in little kids' faces, And where's the media? Why isn't there somebody out there in the media saying, don't do this. Don't go here. Nothing. Nothing. Quiet. Same with feminism. Women are being run out of sports. Crickets. Nothing. Oh, and... I won't leave you guys out. How about the labor unions? Where, where are you? You fought for the left. You fought for all the liberalism or leftism or collectivism, of whatever you want to call it. You guys fought so hard for getting the governments in that were more leftists, so that you guys were represented. Where are you now? You got sold out too. Suddenly the jobs all disappeared, and and you can blame. Oh, it's about Wall Street. Yeah, okay, maybe it is. Maybe it is about Wall Street and greed. I, I, don't, I don't defend anybody. I know that unfettered capitalism can lead to destruction. It's not hard to see. It's right there in our face. But you guys in the labor unions, even under liberal governments, you've lost out to nine-year-olds being forced to sweat in, over a machine making running shoes. Your stuff was all offshored. It was taken away. It was dumped into the Orient where they could get cheap labor. So all that stuff you fought for now is gone. And not one leftist government stopped it. You know, the only one who actually tried to turn that ship around was old loudmouth Trump. And I'm not a Trumper. I'm not. I'm Canadian, so I have very little to do with it. But even just looking at him... I'm not totally sold on him and everything, but at least he tried. At least he tried to change things and move things around to get Americans working again. So in other words, you all got sold out. We all got sold out. So what am I trying to say? What's the bottom line here? I think the bottom line is we have to quit with all the divisions that they've given us the left white, the colored white, the rich and the poor, the north and the south, the male and the female, those are all fighting narratives that somehow need to be dropped and everybody needs to just say, okay, we're going to go with the truth, whatever the truth is, whatever brings about freedom for each individual, that is what we got to do. That is what's got us here is all this infighting between all these lines. So that leads us to, if this keeps up, where are we going? Actually, on this uh, partic- particular topic, where are we going? It's rather hard to make a prediction. And the reason it's hard to make a prediction is it really depends on two factors of the common people. Two factors, two choices, which I'll get into in a moment. And it's going to bleed into what am I supposed to do? So the two are going to kind of bleed together a little bit, but that's okay. That's kind of what we do here around the fire We're of the enemy patrol. We're fairly, um, how would you put it? Uh, we don't worry too much about keeping things in, right coloring right in the lines. If they blend over, that's okay, as long as it makes sense to you. But let's recap. So we have all these people. We have the old hippies who marched for peace. We have feminists who are watching the erasure of women. We have labor uni- union unionists, I can't even say that, who got sold out. All these people today... They tended toward liberal left in their support in the past. Unfortunately, it seems that the left has went insane. That's what I'll call it, insane. But actually, what I mean is they have now become openly evil. They are anti-people, anti-human. If you take the traditional conservatives and you add those into the disenfranchised left... You're looking at 70 to 80% of the society. There's always that fringe, weird, I don't know, they hate themselves or something element of society. But just, I believe that there's a clear majority of normal people. You know, people that just value normal things. They wanna work their jobs, they wanna raise their children. And you know, normal people, it used to be in the past, and I remember this, they could argue about one thing versus another and remain, remain fairly cordial with one another. One might have one idea about how things should be controlled, and one might the other one might have the other way they think things should be controlled, but they didn't hate each other. Everybody knew that they had certain ideas about things and that everybody wanted to get to the same place but the left is no longer normal and they are not they're almost they're psychotic they've become violent and they're dangerous and it's really hard on an individual level to pick somebody out like that but you can see them at the, at the upper uh, you can see the movement and where it's going they want to lead civilization into basically violence and death they have a death wish. So let's take us back to, I said there was two factors that I, that I talked about earlier. And really it's about the two factors and they're interrelated and that's clarity and courage. If we fail at either one and one is dependent on the other, if we fail at either one then society is going to a very dark place for a long time, The majority of the people have to wake up to this fact that the institutions that we normally thought we could trust that have been set up by older generations really old generations you could almost say that foundations of western society are being destroyed and I've talked about this a lot in the past you can go back to season 1 and see how they were destroyed but they've been taken over. I'm talking about medicine, education, government, even local government. The government has been openly following the World Economic Forum anti-human agenda. There's just no getting around it. They, they admit it. They, they stand up and say it. And I know a lot of people say, well, the government wouldn't do that, and medicine wouldn't do that, and this wouldn't do that, and that wouldn't do that. But yeah, they, they do. They are. It's being done in front of your face. They they openly admit it. This is not tinfoil hat. This is not backroom, smoke-filled backroom thing. They're openly admitting that they want to destroy society as we see it. The media lies. The government lies. The school system is filled with lies. I mean... They want to especially destroy the innocence of society. And so that's why they target children. They want to destroy that innocent early knowledge of right and wrong, male and female, you know, work and laziness, like all of it that has been with us for eons. They want to destroy it. The system has fallen into evil. There's no other way to see it. So the people out there from all walks of life have to awaken to this. They have to wake up and say, no, I'm not going to put the mask on. No, I'm not going to take that next shot. No, I'm, I am not going to mouth these words. I'm not going to pretend to your pretend world that you think that somehow a man can be a, a woman and a woman can be a man and, All this stuff, all of it, it's all designed to destroy your grasp on reality, the reality of the world. The gods of the copybook headings will not allow us to move too far from reality, or we will fall apart. This is not going to come easy, and it gets down to this clarity and courage thing. It's like you have to have the courage to see clearly. And once you see clearly, you have to have the courage to do something about it, even if it's just in your own life. And really, when I look around and I, um, you know, for a long time, everybody waits for the white hats to come over the hill. They wait for the good people to come in and, and you know, the, the lawbreakers, the obvious lawbreakers. You know, for instance, right now, this whole, this whole, uh, um, Hunter Biden laptop thing. You realize if if you had information that he had on your computer or you even read it that you would go to jail but he's still running around. So what this means is these people that I talked about, these old hippies, they have to admit that the whole idea that that the the conservatives are bad and the liberals are good they have to drop it. It's done, it's over. The feminist has to realize that they've been sold a bill of goods, and masculinity is not only good, it's necessary. They can't have the blind obedience to the popular slogans spouted by some highly paid, well-dressed power woman on the talk show circuit. And the guy in the union can't just swill beer and vote for the guy his union endorses and expect a good end. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera etc. A whole new way of looking at things has to be taken up. Are people willing to humble themselves enough to see? That takes courage to be humble. See how things have changed? See how corrupt things have gotten? See the knowledge deficit in their own lives? Do they have the courage to find the clarity? And then there's just courage, straight up courage. The courage to say no, the courage to speak up, the courage to lead others, the courage to figure this stuff out without being spoon-fed a thought of the day through the media, even even the internet. You can easily find, if you've, you're determined to think a certain way, you just go on the internet and you just go click, 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 and you can soon find a silo to drop yourselves in where you can find whatever voice that you want to hear that helps embolden the thoughts that you've always had. Courage to think differently. It might even come down to the courage to face possible annihilation. The courage to stand against it. I think you have that courage. I think most common people do. If they realize that they can't just hunker down and close their eyes and wait till this blows over. Like it's some kind of a fad. If people understand things, if they have even a glimmering of the clarity that they need, then they will find the courage. But courage is sapped by confusion. And I've been quoting the Bible, so I'll do it again. God says, My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge, they lack the clarity. But isn't that what we've been talking about? All the lying and the corruption and the doublespeak. You know, coming out with blatant lies and standing there. And, and it's like people stand there and they say, I can't. That he, it must be true. Because nobody could stand up there in front of all those microphones and all those cameras and lie so blatantly. There's got to be some truth there. And there isn't. There isn't. It's a blatant lie. And we've all seen it. You know it. You feel it in your heart. You you look at the and, you, and and you can't believe that somebody could stand up there without blushing and say the lies that they say. Everyone seems to be confused. It's like they don't know what to do. Old alliances are broken. I mean the media, they they come out and they just lie and lie and lie. And you know they're lying. You say, well, that's just your opinion that they're lying. No, you look back on what they said. Look back over the news. Look back at what they've said two years ago. Over the last two years, if you can't see the open lying, especially when the paperwork comes out, that they knew they were lying when they opened their mouth and started moving it. They openly lie. I mean, politicians, they say one thing and they do another. They lie. All the sources of knowledge and all the sources of news now are suspect. And you got to get in there and you got to dig and you got to look into your, dig in your own heart and ask yourself, what's truth here? What is real in this? You know, I used to say when that whole COVID lunacy was going, I used to say, don't go get yourself handcuffed in Costco, but we got to fight this. Maybe that was a little cowardice on my part. Maybe we all should have went and got handcuffed in Costco. Maybe that's a strategy that'll work. I mean, they can't handcuff us all. I used to assuage myself by playing a little game with the Costco mask cop. That's what I called him. He's the guy that ran around in Costco And if your mask was pulled below your nose, you'll pull that mask up. I mean, if you're a person out there and you're still wearing a mask, I beg you, go and look at the numbers on that. Societies that masked up and, and, and locked everybody up and everything, they didn't get rid of any kind of sickness. They maybe controlled it for a while, but then when it comes out, it breaks out. And masks don't do anything. You even, even on the, like the lunacy, even on the box of masks, it says right on it, will not prevent the transference of viruses. I mean, just look at the science behind it, the size of the virus and the weave in the mask. It's like throwing sand against a chain link fence. It's going to stop hardly anything. Our governments like it when they can make you mask up. It's to make you compliant. It's a it's a mind trap. So I don't know how to fight this. Argue, discuss with people, mock people. Maybe that's all the fighting that's needed. If enough people do it, they stop it. You remember monkeypox? They tried to get monkeypox going. It went out in the news and they had all the scare tactics and everybody just just went, oh, give me a break. And it just, Disappeared overnight. Gone. If the majority of people wake up, they can't, they rely on your compliance, period. But there's no longer any doubt that the World Economic Forum is behind all this stuff. They're behind these pandemics and, and they openly admit how what a great opportunity. My own Prime Minister got up, what a great opportunity this is to transform society. They tell you what they're gonna do. It's not a secret. It's not a, a conspiracy theory. I hate those words, conspiracy theory. The whole the words conspiracy theory were designed to confuse everybody. The idea that they wanted to do was use the virus to reimagine everything from finances to governance, to build back better, where you're tagged like a farm animal and you live in a pod and you eat bugs and you own nothing and you will be happy or else. So what I'm saying is, if people wake up and start getting cantankerous, start being ungovernable, the ship will turn. All these elaborate plans of the demonic World Economic Forum will fall apart. They rely on the compliance of the sheep. Things are already unraveling. If not enough people wake up and they do this again and people can't find the courage and they just want to go along to get along, well, it'll be depopulation already started. It'll be the pods and the bugs and the deprivation. They are trying to destroy our society. And I mean in everything education, and even look at energy. Oh, the world has got a fever, and, and it's all because you want to put gasoline in your car. Give me a break. And really, it's not about putting gasoline in your SUV versus somebody putting gasoline in their smart car. They want to destroy the fuel that light, that's the lifeblood of our society. If they stop diesel trucks, a lot of people are going to die. And they, that's what they want. They all want to grind our society to a halt. That's what they're after. There's no middle ground here. You can't reason, you can't compromise with these people. So besides getting wiser and braver, well, As I was saying before, it's very hard to find courage amidst confusion. Fear and confusion go hand in hand. That's why these demon leaders lie and promote lies and encourage lies. They gaslight, they obfuscate, they evade and they distort. It's a feature, not a bug, to have an old dementia adult puppet in charge. Or a fancy sock-wearing, dancing idiot in charge. And, and and we've wasted too much time pointing out how stupid they look and how dumb they are and the stupid things that they say and it, we've wasted too much time pointing it out. Like suddenly there's going to be the adults going to come in the room and say, yeah, you know what, you guys, you're right. These guys are idiots. Let's put, let's put somebody else in charge because these guys aren't doing their job. No, no, no. Those guys are doing the job that they've been given. And that's to take the most powerful countries in the world, in the free world, with citizens that used to know right from wrong, that had a good understanding of morality, and 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 actually embarrass them. It causes you to feel confusion, and you know it's, it's like this stuff has been, you know, up until now. It's the. the ideas of, of manners and not lying and and um, having a, a a decent morality. I mean, it used to be preached. It used to be, well, it used to be whopped into kids' backsides by mom and daddy because it's like they don't want their kids to be liars and they don't want their kids to be idiots and they don't want their kids to throw temper tantrums. It was because our society was was raised up our society was built on on biblical ideas like do unto others as you would have them do unto you these elites don't have that they want to do things to you they want your kids they want you dead they want you with no power so that you can be herded like an animal we've had two generations of people and this is what I was getting back to what I was talking about earlier with talking about feminists and all these people, we've had two generations of people. All they did is question every last detail of what 100 generations worked out that made a society work. And then and, and they felt superior doing it. The feminists and the labor unionists and all these different people, they felt superior. They felt like they were for the little guy. They were for the underpowered. They were for the suppressed people. And all it did was destroy the foundations. I'm not against uh, society making changes. And there's oftentimes that society has to make changes. That's where how we got to where we were. That's why we got away from the idea of kings and got away from the idea of you know, the upper class and the lower class. That's how we got away from those ideas. Individual responsibility, individual, um, I can't think of the word right now, but the concept that each person is as good as the next person. It took us a long time and a lot of, you know, and there was a lot of protests that got us there. I mean, the early labor unions, they stopped people from being ground up in mines and stopped the, you know, the corrupt uh, capitalists working children until they dropped and things like that. We've worked really hard to, to, like I said, a hundred generations at least working to get there. But these people were empowered, these left liberal collectivist people have been empowered to destroy the very foundation of what we were built on. And there's a lot of people, when I talk like this, they say, oh, you're just advocating going back to the 1950s. No, we can't go back. If anything that has taught us from this last two years, there's no going back. You know, they talk about the new normal. Well, we just have to new normal them. We'll have to show them what actually the new normal is going to be. Nothing could be further from the truth that we can just go back and live like we did in the 1950s or the 1960s. You know, I've often talked about the greatest generation and I've sung their praises and, you know, for their tenacity and their responsibility, how they got through the Depression and World War II. And I've admonished the boomer hippie generation because they, you know, they they just were determined to throw away all the hard-won ideas of their ancestors to chase the free love and other aspects of hedonism and the free spirit lifestyle. Tune in, turn on, and drop out were the words that Timothy Leary used to express that generation. And so that's what they did. They were experimented with drugs, and they free love, and blah, 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 like that hasn't been done before. You know, I think Leary gave that generation this thumbnail philosophy to live by, and they went out and did it because they were determined to not be like their parents, There are people today, young people today that still like to think of themselves as the hippies. They're the they're the suppressed people, they're the people that have the free lifestyle and they're trying to live that the way that that way and they dress weird and they listen to weird music and they, you know, try and weird people out. But our culture has rotted into something now that even the hippies would be shocked to see. The real hippies, the ones from the 60s and 70s at its base, the hippie thing was about freedom. And that's why they talked about everything, yes, from bad with things like free love to freedom of expression to free speech. But this new thing is not about freedom. I think the easiest way to explain this is, let me tell you about a, a brand of, of hippies that were out there. I want to talk about something that I know a little bit about. I can speak about it because I was there. I was just a kid, but I remember it. And that was the Jesus People Movement. So let me explain that movement. It was quite large. They figure about 300,000 young people were involved in it. And it only lasted for a few years. It was uh, went from the late 60s into the early 70s. And what it was, was of all these young people that went to, you know, fight against the Vietnam war and and uh, experiment with drugs and free love and the, the which is basically another word for the promiscuous promiscuous sex it burnt him out i mean the, the the drugs and the sleeping around and the just living on nothing and all that it burnt him out so there were many of them that when they got burnt out they were searching for meaning and acceptance and they found themselves through some various people, various preachers, I guess, they found an acceptance of Christ in that lifestyle. Oh, they kept their free lifestyle. They dressed different. They, they decided to go against convention, which when really, when you boil it all down and you look at what the hippie thing was about, that's what it was about. It was about the long hair, the weird clothes, the free lifestyle, and the, and the different music and the laid back attitude, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what drew so many young people into that movement. You know, they looked at the Vietnam War and they saw the uselessness of it and it probably was. And they seen that all as a truth and they flocked to that. But like I said, it burnt him out. So many of them decided to try the Jesus lifestyle. They didn't even call it religion. They called themselves Jesus people or Jesus freaks or other people called them Jesus freaks. And what it was, was the gospel, living for Christ, became front and center in their lives. And oh boy, did it ever become front and center. They didn't care what other people thought. They would share everything openly. They would talk about Jesus at a drop of a hat, and they were all in, all in. That was their life. Christ was their center. And it went through like wildfire. They were open-minded. They would talk to anybody. They were friendly. They loved, they openly loved other people. So leaving aside the spiritual aspects of this, and there are many people that, I mean, back then, especially like the 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 middle-of-the-road Christians that just wanted to keep their church looking just right, were, well, they were terrified of the Jesus people. They didn't like them at all, and they just looked for everything bad about it. And there was bad things about it. I'm not saying they were perfect. Far from it. But leaving aside spiritual aspects, which I might revisit in a future episode, I don't know. Um, they were the opposite of the dogmatic, look down your nose, authoritarian, intolerant people. And yet, surprisingly, the main slogan of that movement was, one way, his way, Jesus. That was it. And you saw it on their signs, they had it embroidered on coats and vests and... And they would say it to one another, one way, his way, Jesus. And they even had, they put up their index finger and that was the symbols, one way, his way. Today, you look at the wannabe hippies of today. And if you said one way, his way, well, that would invoke extreme hatred from the counterculture, what we call the counterculture today, the woke crowd. One way, his way. And you read the Bible and you figure out what Jesus said and you follow it? No, they would not go for it. You would be attacked. Antifa would throw a brick in your face. You'd be canceled. See, tolerance is no longer in our culture, it's no longer in our society. Peace and love is gone, acceptance is gone, and freedom is dying. This has become an obvious battle between good and evil. The flower children are gone. The long and short of it is, we've fallen as a society. The new counterculture is not different or weird, they're evil. We, as a common people, can no longer sit on the couch watching a screen and waiting for this evil to blow over, like I said before. We have to begin to be heard. So, get up off the couch. Quit staring at that screen. You're not going to learn nothing there. Go outside and get the stink blowed off you. There you go. It's past time to make a spiritual decision as to where you stand. Do you stand for good or do you stand for evil? If you sit on the fence and shrug your shoulders, your crotch is going to get mighty sore. We have to get past the notion of going along to get along and worrying about offending some people. The truth will offend people who live in a lie every time. The Bible is very clear on the double-minded man. He is unstable in all his ways. And Christ said, no one can serve two masters. Darkness and light cannot share the same space. The neutral ground is shrinking in this age. If anything in this last two years has taught us, is that people are waking up all over the place. Now you have to decide the direction that you're going to go. You're going to have to decide the path that you're going to find. And you you have to decide to walk down that path or not. And I hope that this, this podcast, spending some time around the fire of the enemy patrol, you will see the old path and you will seek the light of Christ. Or you will disappear into a dark oblivion that the world is becoming. It's time to become bold in your decisions. You don't have to confirm, conform to being a churchian. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to look at something, you have to decide if it's right or wrong, and then be bold in it. If you look at what schools are doing and, and what they're teaching and and you know, trying to teach little girls that they can be little boys and and you you know, teaching that, oh, one lifestyle is just as good as another and teaching that, oh yeah, we have to save the planet by completely destroying the economy so millions of people starve to death. If you look at that and you say, you know what, that's evil. These people want to destroy us. This, this, this way of doing things is, is going to destroy us. Then be bold in that and say no. Start saying no. I won't conform to that mandate. I won't conform to that policy. Maybe even come down to, I'm not going to conform to that law. And you know what? I think if you do that, I think your life will change. I think if you, do, you follow righteousness and you follow truth, it's going to lead you to follow the words of Jesus. I have ultimate faith in that. Try talking to him. He's there. He can guide you on that old path, and who knows where that adventure will lead you. Because that's what we have. We have one shot at this, we have one swing at life. And I can't promise you that it'll be sunshine and roses, but I can promise you that the light of understanding will be an adventure. So keep an edge on your knife. Keep your matches dry. Because, yeah, this life is a one time adventure, so go and live it that way. Vaya Candios, eh?